everybody welcome to the 351st edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage got the scoot henderson jersey on literally found it in my mail yesterday texted dustin saying i got some i got some clothing fire today so uh yeah this is the first time uh wearing the jersey we'll be wearing the jersey when i'm when i'm uh on the beach in Providence or in Rhode Island. So, you know, going to represent the trailblazers and Scoot Henderson, of course, while I'm uh, vacationing across the country. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to be talking with you about this, uh, this summer league and what we've experienced th- thus far. Yeah. It's been a minute. You also got the Jersey for the 11 game ticket package that yes, we sir. are going to uh, go and uh, take part in. I, you know, we uh, a rep reached out to me, and my email's probably been in their system for for years. Oh yeah. Um, they they, they know uh, I'm a sucker for for some tickets, and I was pleasantly surprised. I looked at the Rising Stars package because Sage, we're gonna be Pretty not bad. elite next year. We might surprise. We might make the play, and I think that would be like the peak. But we're we're, we're not going to be great. So. I don't want to go to a big game pack and watch Giannis drop 45 and 20 on us. I don't want to watch Joker get like a 30 point triple double. Like I have no desire to see that. I want to see scooting them in, you know, Shaden and Ben Caro. Like I yeah. want the rising stars. I want those good young competitive games. OKC's of the world, Utah. Like I, I want to see the young talent because I want to see how Portland stacks up that that should be the entire goal next season and probably the, the the season after that as well you want to have a top five young core because your window opens in five to seven years right we're, we're not trying to win now five to seven years and you want to position yourself so you can say yeah the west kind of goes through you know san antonio oklahoma city but it's also got to go through portland so you hmm. really want to set yourself up with that so i was really excited i think it's like 130 bucks for 11 games i'm like absolutely that's cheaper than a damn jersey right that's cheaper than like store you you couldn't go to mcdonald's five times you know what i mean like if you're getting a meal yo you're 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 spending 130 dollars like in a week you know what i mean so yeah it was like you couldn't even go to the movies that many times so the the ticket prices were just outrageous so i was pleasantly surprised oh yeah to see that so shout out also to dame for requesting a trade because i'm sure that helped those ticket oh, prices plummet just a bit so yeah. uh you know me i can ball on a budget i have a seven month old that i have to you know prioritize but you know i can i can set aside 130 bucks easily so mm-hmm. um it kind of worked out and these are my favorite type of seasons to get tickets to probably my two favorite seasons that i've had tickets to 0708 that was the year they drafted Odin, but he got hurt, and we were just playing with house money. They go on a 13-game win streak, 41-41, and 41. and then 08-09, you're starting to see the young core grow together. They win 54 games. It, it's just, it was beautiful basketball. You, you saw something organically grow. It was almost like your farm system was, you know, moving up mm-hmm. the ranks, and, and now they're on the big show in the big leagues, and there's just nothing better than that. There's nothing better than building a team from scratch, like, Portland is a market that is never going to go out and sign a big three in free agency. That's just not how a team or a championship championship team will ever be built here in this city. So to have teams though, will never get this. The, the, you know, like San Antonio is never going to do it. Like most of these, most of these cities will never be sexy enough to get the LeBron D Wade, Chris Bosch, big three. We have to build organically through the draft and find talent and cultivate it and develop it. That that this is what we have to do. This is what most teams that don't live in a sexy ass city have to deal with. And there's something enjoyable about that that we process about that grind. This. Like yeah, we th- that journey is fun. You're watching, you're invested in the development of players that you see get drafted at 19, 20 years old. And the Summer Blazers were on full display this week. They are three and one. It's to be determined whether or not 
they will make any sort of final four. Uh, I believe they need Utah to lose and Utah to lose probably by double digits for that to take place. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, really what I wanted to talk about. It's been a couple of weeks and we've had a full our first full week of Trailblazer Summer League basketball. And I just wanted to get your first impressions, uh, give some of my uh, takes as well. Um, let's start off with with Scoot Henderson first. Obviously, the, the third overall pick from the NBA G League's Ignite. And, you know, he didn't disappoint. It was disappointing that he had a minor shoulder injury, uh, shoulder strain on the right shoulder. Thankfully, it wasn't as severe as Shaden Sharps was last year when it turned out to be a labrum tear. Um, so it is a bit of a bummer, the tradition of lottery picks playing one game and then uh, exiting the the summer league for the duration of the, the tournament. But at least we saw three plus quarters of Scoot Henderson in relation to only what was like three minutes of Shaden Sharp in, in 2022. And in those three quarters, I likened it to what I saw from Brandon Roy in 2006 and Damian Lillard in 2012. You could tell that there was something special going on with Scoot Henderson. You could tell this player has quote unquote it. You could tell he barring injury is going to live up to the hype. Like he is special. He, the hype was warranted and he's really everything that you could have dreamed of if, if you're Portland getting this generational point guard prospect to just drop into your laps at number three. And there were four plays, five plays, excuse me. When I watched this live and then I went back to YouTube and, you know, listened to people break down the plays or just rewound the, the plays that Can really I make a stood guess out to me. At least two of them were. Yeah. A so touch he, attack that he wrapped the ball around to Chris Murray. At least twice. Okay. Yep those so those <laughs> two right. are that. So uh, it was the the second play I noticed. You know, for, versus the Rockets, first quarter, seven minute mark, grab and go. Mm-hmm. What I noticed about Scoot is he's so fast, he's accelerates so quickly that any opportunity, even against a set defense, is a transition opportunity for the Blazers when he has the ball in his hands. Uh, so we sped down the floor. And he drove toward the middle of the paint immediately Four Houston defenders just converged around him and he jumps in the air to generate some momentum and some energy kicks it out to Murray for the three. He did that again in the third quarter against you guessed it four Houston defenders, you know, for, for another wide open shot from Chris Murray, uh, the first play of the game. Like I really had to go back and watch this to see how impressive it was. He accepts a Baji screen on the opposite side, so away from the bench, past the three-point line, he's being guarded by Tari Easton, a six-nine small forward with you know all all NBA defensive potential. Dribbles to the middle of the key, stops on a dime, creates initial separation, but he still keeps his dribble because he notices Amen Thompson, another six-seven rangy defender, c- coming into his right-hand side. So what does he do? He keeps his dribble, but he steps back, creating further separation into that mid-range where it's just it's Chris Paul-esque and that was the first possession and you're like that is some high level basketball like you you watch it back's crazy yeah you watch it real time you're like oh cool a step back you know midi you don't realize everything that's going on he is 19 years old operating out of a pick and roll going up against two of the best young defenders in summer league keeping his dribble his composure he never looked rushed one time in that possession and got to his spot. And I thought that was incredibly impressive. There was maybe my favorite. Or there's two two that were my favorite. Like this is this is my first. So after he gets that first three to Chris Murray, the next time, you know, instead of zooming down the court, you know, the, the, the rocket defenders are anticipating him just bursting. He just kind of lulls down the court, you know, pushing a decent pace uh, near the Houston bench. And then in the bat of an eye, he just hits that turbo button on Amen Thompson and just goes up and under with the one hand reverse finish. You know, Men Thompson is one of the best athletes in the NBA, and he went by him like he was a traffic cone. And so you have also and still in the first half, the Houston defenders really have no idea what to do with this guy. He gets the ball. Tari Eason's now trying to guard him from the back. And Scoot knows that. So he keeps him on his hip in that like escape dribble all the way down the court. 
As soon as he hits the three-point line, boom, hits that turbo button again. And there's four Houston defenders. They have no idea how to react because he's he's just by them in a blur, finishes for the wide-open layup. And I, I just thought his performance, how he scored, how effectively he scored, he got to his spots, he got his teammates involved. He was mic'd up. He was already communicating like he is already, I think, the leader of that locker room. Easily. Uh, everything you could have expected. So I, I gave him like, yes, we only saw him for three quarters, but it was enough. Like, I'm not dissatisfied that we can't see him again in summer league because go go watch the tape. Slow it down. Hit rewind. Watch the, the plays break down. Like he has so many weapons to use. Like, you, yes, he has a bag. He knows how to use that bag. More importantly, he plays with pace. He knows how to play fast. He knows how to play slow. I mean, the things he's doing at 19, and I sent you the clip of Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo from the ringer just gushing over Scoot Henderson. Like he's doing things at 19. Like this isn't a 22-year-old, you know, polished prospect like Roy or Lillard was. He's 19 and he's already running NBA sets with perfection. Like it's... Like he he he's he's him. I mean, he 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 plays at his own pace and no like superstar point guards don't know how to do some of the stuff that he's doing, where he can set you up, going slow, fast, doing whatever, having a bag. I, I might be confusing summer league with G League Ignite, but like he he can go into Euro steps with his long steps to score like he's he just has a bag that no point guard really I've noticed has where he can attack from multiple ways like John Morant you can build a wall and he's not gonna be as effective as Scoot is I think the one of the things that is just so valuable with him is the vision where he can go up with the wall but also find the shooter like the best possible shooter in Chris Murray for a corner three or a wing three. So the, the fact that he has the athleticism to do whatever he wants in the court, but the, the insane smarts to just kick it out to somebody and let his teammate, you know, make the play. Like he, he's shown that he is a willing passer and like, you know what, Shaden, you, you handle the ball, you pat, you, you do the, your thing. Like, I think that he empowers his teammates and, like the way that he has been so involved in the games that he's not even in, you saw that ESPN interview where he basically was, you know, big upping his teammates the entire time when he was, and just like talking, like, you know, basically as the ball went from half court and then started cheering on his teammates, he's engaged. He wants these guys to do well. He compliments them. Like he's being the leader that this young ass team needs. So, you know, he, he really is playing at and, and, and being a great teammate for his uh, guys to succeed. So, I mean, three quarters of scoot is fine because you saw like he didn't struggle. He played at his own pace. So like you, you don't have to worry about the, this summer league being too big for him. He was a professional basketball player for two years. So a lot of the, you know, things that we worry about aren't really a, the case with him. He he's, so polished with a lot of the things he does and so passionate. So I'm, you know, with Scoot, it, it's kind of, not that an injury is ever good, but there's guys on this team that can use these minutes to potentially get a job with the Blazers, the G League, Europe, Asia. You know Scoot's good, so let's let these other guys show their stuff. So... I, as much as it's, I mean, it's a, an injury and that sucks, but like you got to see DeVoe, you got to see these other players with the ball in their hand. That was kind of good for, you know, the fans to see. And then, you know, the, the coaches to see, okay, what can these other guys do in the, uh, the scheme? So Scoot's good. We already know that. So let's see what else happens. Let's see what else this team can do. Yeah. I was really impressed with how engaged he was. Yeah. Um, I noticed he was standing really from the San Antonio game on just fully engaged, hyping up his teammates. You can tell he has a, a, a voice in that, that huddle with that, that young core. Um, I also loved how he embraced the challenge 
with Amen Thompson. Oh, he was he was full court pressing sometimes he, too. There were a lot of questions about his defense, and I think there is some validity to saying that if someone isn't fully engaged in defense, regardless of the setting, that they probably will never get themselves to that level, like like a Marcus Smart or, or Gary Payton. And I do think there is some truth to that. But I also think that playing at the G League for two years, like he kind of was pacing himself, so to speak. But when the time comes, he shows the potential to be not just a, a neutral defender. Like he could be a plus defender given his his length, his hand size, his his instincts, uh, his intelligence on that end of the floor. So I loved how he rose to that challenge, knowing that he was going to be on television. Everyone was going to be tuning in for this matchup. And he embraced he embraces the spotlight. That's what I really love. Uh, one thing, even though it was just three quarters, like there's so much more Chris Paul to his game than I thought. Like to me, he's a combination of of Chris Paul's, you know, on court just mm-hmm. demand, the command, intelligence. He's got De'Aaron Fox's burst and acceleration mixed with like D Rose's athleticism. Like he's really something we've never seen before. Like Amen Thompson, I I think Penny Hardaway's a pretty good comp. And I was incredibly impressed by Amen Thompson. I, I just don't think we've ever seen anything like 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 Scoot Henderson. And yeah. um, for Portland to just sit, you, you lucked out. Like mm-hmm. Joe Cronin, you lucked out. Like you're, you're thankful that Michael Jordan, Mitch Kupchak, uh gave you a mulligan. Um, thankful that Masai Ujiri wanted the world for his two forwards. Thankful that the Brooklyn Nets for some reason, overvalue the hell out of a player who probably will never make an all-star team in Mikel Burgess. You lucked out, Joe. Like, so I, I don't know uh, if Joe Cronin is a good GM or not, but sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And he he, he did make the right choice, obviously just uh, not moving that pick and keeping sharp last year, scoot this year. And you really have a, a beautiful backcourt. And I mean, he hasn't to- traded any, any pick he's utilized no. them all since. I mean, like, since he got it, like O'Shea treated these first round and second round picks like nothing, like literally nothing, like just irritants. And Cronin, at least in his staff, they've made picks, they've made the right decision. They've realized that even though they say they wanted to win with Dame, they've made picks that kind of showed, like, okay, we're, you know, we're questioning the validity of can we make it happen? Like, I don't know if trade-wise he's good, but I do realize that he's making competent decisions where we we just haven't had that in Dame's entire exactly. time with the team, competent decision-making. Uh, switching gears to uh, Shaden Sharp, uh, I, I assume he's probably shut down for the rest of Summer League after only playing a half of basketball against the Orlando Magic. And it's a little frustrating seeing how people like are freaking out like about Shaden um you can tell like he's not even in his clearly not in his fifth gear it's not in fourth he's like second or third gear he's coasting a bit like he said he wanted to play but it's not all about him like he's not trying to go out there and shoot the ball 30 times take you know incredible amounts of usage when he had to turn it on he turned it on. He had one poor shooting performance against the Spurs going, what, like two for 15 or something of that nature. But when the game was on the line, like he was making it happen, especially against Houston, especially against um, the Charlotte Hornets. And there were there were five plays. So I did the same thing as I did with, with Scoot. I did with Shaden. I did, actually did Shaden's first. Um, and these were real-time plays. I'm like, Okay, this is something that is you really need to be excited about if you're a, a Blazer fan. And I'll, I'll go kind of in chronological order. So obviously the first game was against the Houston Rockets. This is the third quarter, the the six minute mark. Another grab and go scenario. Shaden's leading the break, something that he showed the ability to do last year, um, but he's primarily looking to score, whether pulling up from the top of the the key or you know maybe trying to extend for a tough finish, but. He was dribbling on a three-on-two situation. He had Jabari Walker to his right. He had Chris Murray to his left. And the two Houston Rockets were Cam Whitmore and Tari Eason, both incredible athletes. They both gravitated towards Shaden because, you know, they know Mm, this guy could elevate over the top of them. And he made one move to get Eason to fully commit before dumping it off 
to Chris Murray for the easy layup. Like his playmaking skills, his dribbling skills, that's what's going to unlock Shaden Sharp into a, a perennial all-star caliber player. We know we can jump. We know we can dunk. We know we can shoot. We know we can do those things. But to be able to start to create for others and looking comfortable doing so is a, a huge win for for Blazer fans if you're looking at the development of Shaden Sharp. And I think that's really what he was trying to do this summer league was work on the ball handling, work on setting up others rather than just trying to go out and get his own. There was another move, and I think this is where I want to see him grow as a scorer using his athleticism, using his size, his just verticality in general. Fourth quarter, two-minute mark. The Blazers are up two. They, they need a bucket to, to get more cushion. He's isolated on the wing, uh, past the three-point line against a smaller defender. He takes two decisive dribbles. He's not holding on the ball. Goes quick to the elbow, into a post-up, spin move, step back, fade away for an easy, you know, 10 to 15 footer that he had feet of separation. Like his back to the basket game, we don't see shooting guards do this enough. Um, it's just kind of a lost art. But Jordan and Bryant, it's, if you're looking at Blazer fans, Steve Smith, Bonzi Wells, J.R. Ryder, all made a living uh, punishing smaller defenders. And none of those three blazer guards that I mentioned had Shaden Sharp's leaping ability. So if he can add that, if, you know, the game grinds down, especially in, in the postseason to single possessions in the half court, when you've got a guy like Scoot Henderson who can get Shaden, you know, operating in mismatches, finding him down low, there's really not a guard who should be blocking his shot when he's going to a fadeaway. So that's something that I was really encouraged by. And then I think his best overall performance was against the Charlotte Hornets, um, and Brandon Miller. So the first quarter, we're at about the three and a half minute mark. He takes the high screen uh, beyond the three point line fr- from Reith. He dribbles downhill towards Kai Jones. He's standing near the foul line. And Jabari Walker is flanking him to his right. He's at the three point line with Brandon Miller trying to guard the space in between where Sharp is going and also trying to stick with his man in Jabari Walker. Sharp again drives decisively, pulls up at the elbow elevates gets Miller to commit he could have shot this easily he had enough oh, space jump pass. Jabari Walker smartly makes the cut jump pass you know easy easy dime easy bucket he's just easy play something that you want to see from your second year shooting guard uh in the fourth quarter two minute mark again this was a tightly contested game back and forth um once again he accepts the screen from Reith on the wing near the Hornets bench poor Kai Jones he's in no man's land He's seeing Shaden Sharp accelerating right towards him. Shaden just does a quick little in and out dribble with just enough of a hesitation. Kai Jones is just frozen. Sharp goes right by for a a two-hand jam. Um, I thought that was impressive. He's been working on his dribbling moves, um, using his athleticism, using his acceleration to his advantage, but playing with enough pace to know when to stop and start and freezing uh, a defender who had had a really good game against the Blazers uh, so far. And then lastly, fourth quarter, you're up by one. You need to seal. This is closing time, right? He's your guy. This is when he really elevated his performance. He was really potent with the, with the dribble handoff situations, especially with wreath. Same spot as the move prior. Like he's near the Hornets bench. I'm sure they're, they're yapping. They're talking their smack. He accepts the ball from behind the three-point line. Bryce McGowan's is trying to defend him. Shaden takes one dribble. Up fakes McGowan's flies into the Hornet bench. He rep- he hands it off to Reith, repositions himself to the left, and gets a wide open game winning three point shot. Just the poise, the composure. It was a veteran move. Um, yeah, the pass fake. He just he knew, and that's why I'm not worried about Shaden Sharp because when he turned it on, you could clearly tell he was coasting. He wasn't out there to try and score forty. When he turned it on, when the game was on the line. Every time he made winning plays against Houston and against Charlotte and Sage, he did all of this one played most of the summer league without a true point guard and Scoot Henderson. And two, he gets, I don't think Blazer fans realize how much of his game right now is based upon others creating for him off of cutting. He had maybe one or two buckets off of backdoor cuts like team, the the, the talent level, they just weren't capable of making the passes or Um, seeing the floor to get him set up. So like, that's a huge aspect of his game that wasn't utilized. And he was still able, I felt like to, to get to his spots, get to his shots and create for others. So I thought it was a really positive summer league for Shaden Sharp. So 
I think the the things that stood out to me was that in the in the first game he was utilizing the step back like when somebody drove to the uh, the hoop and the defense was uh, rotating back to him, he would use a step back to generate more space. And that's something that we just didn't see last year with him trying to generate space. Like, I think with last year, we just had such shitty spacing that he was just using his athleticism to jump over the defense, not trying to go around them. So to see that he used dribble move craft to get and generate space in closeout scenarios with the opposing team having just nothing but length and athleticism defensively was something like I kind of he has his fastball now he with the craft that he's developing and yeah it's going to take a while to get it to the point where it's like Paul George level but He's showing the ability to sidestep, to step back, to just generate so much space. And even in that Spurs game, I know that he wasn't hitting anything, but he still had like 10 plus rebounds and help side block. So that's oh, something. Can, that, that block on Cam Whitmore too, like met yeah. him at the top of the backboard. Sheesh. But even when shit isn't going his way, he can help the team win. That's always something you got to worry about. Like when the shot isn't isn't going, what do you do for the team? And he showed that he's going to be a really awesome help side shot blocker. He's going to rebound the ball. He was probably the like if there was a clutch rebound to be had, he was probably going to be the one to get it or Jabari. But like he just used his athleticism to get rebounds that were really clutch, even though he couldn't shoot. And that shows something. But like the confidence to try step backs and experiment in your game. Like I get that efficiency and effectiveness is matters, but not in this scenario where it's like he's doing a step back against, you know, someone who may or may not be in the league, but at least he's attempting this stuff. When last year he was just using his athleticism to score on a really, really, really uh, condensed paint because no one, no one was threatened by, you know, Keon for shooting threes or whatever, or, or Trenton Watford. No one, like if Trenton Watford shot an open three, there's a third of a chance that it's a complete air ball. So him him learning some craft, th- this, this team is going to be a much better spaced team. I mean, unless we just get Ben Simmons and a bunch of non-shooters, this is going to be a better spaced team for Shaden. So I really enjoy how he was experimenting. And you know what? Summer League is a pretty awesome place to experiment the moves that you worked on in the summer. Um, defense was also was experimenting a- with the shit talking skills, too. He and Cam Whitmore in the Houston bench were going back and forth. Uh, I personally loved it. I think he's unlocking a little bit more of his. Um, I think he's just getting more confident. Like he's starting yeah. to like he had that dunk over that tall white guy uh, in the transition and he just like flex on him. I'm like, okay, Shaden, you know, tell him. So I, I personally, I, I loved the emotion and the confidence that he was exuding because like, if he is someone where, you know, the greats say like someone, something just gets him going. You don't want to get this guy. Don't, don't, don't make Shaden mad. Well, and I, I think that he was demanding the ball, like that game winning scenario where he did the pass fake and demanding the ball back. You know he wasn't going to be able to pull that shit last year. There was Jeremy, there was Nurk, there was Ant, there was Damian Lillard. Like, now he's at least demanding the ball. He didn't demand the ball except for the the end of the season run. Like, so he he's getting more comfortable with himself, which is really good to see. Because, you know, we thought he was going to be more of a stoic guy, but at least he's showing emotions. I mean, he's getting empowered by... I assume Scoot Henderson and the rest of the Blazers staff being like, yeah, man, this is going to be your team sooner than we when, than we thought. So I, I'm really impressed with what he can do. I, I, I really liked the defensive help side stuff that I, I saw from him. Even when he was struggling, he still was there putting that effort in. Like, I don't know who the hell the, our center is going to be, but if it's Yusuf Nurkic, that man isn't skying for shit. Jabari is just like, positionally trying to get rebounds we don't have anybody that can just sky and get those rebounds and and either pass it to scoot for a transition or take it himself 
I've been really impressed with Jabari too, with that grab and go ability off of rebounds. Like, you know, I Jabari, guess I think I think Jabari's been a revelation. Oh, and yeah. I, I know I, I was upset with it. I know a lot of fans were. I, I think he took Trendon's spot, and I think that's why yeah. either Trendon asked to be re- uh, released so we could find another opportunity, or the Blazers uh, went ahead and released him because he looks physically he looks shredded. He looks like he's grown into his body. The jump shot looks smooth. He's just more physical. I mean, he he's a pretty stout uh, player, and he's just he knows how to position for rebounds. Like you said, the dribbling. Um, he's just moving well without the ball. Like he's not just sitting it. He's not content sitting in the corner. Like you're, I've been you're an so impressed. Guy. I've been so think, impressed with Jabari. Do you think he is less hitchy now? Because yeah, yeah, I think he's. I noticed. I mean, it's almost like hitchy, when I was telling he was you, a hitchy player. When I was telling you about Jairus Walker, I was like, this guy lost some weight. Like he's moving much more smooth than he ever did mm-hmm. at Houston. Yeah, like. Indiana struck gold with that. Like he actually like, this is what I wanted to see. I was worried about his physique. I was worried about Jabari Walker's physique. He just looked like he was almost like a, a baby deer a little bit. Like he, he just didn't really know what to do and couldn't get, couldn't grow into his. It just felt like he's grown into his body and he's like, okay, this is how I move. This is how I operate. I'm going to throw my weight around, but I've also got enough grace and speed to beat you up and down the floor. Um, I think he's, he's going to have a, a, a larger role than most fans are expecting. Or third big, right? Yeah, or or Jeremy's direct backup. Yeah, yeah so probably because we have no center. So yeah, he, yeah, th- third big. So he always is going to have a natural hitch in his gait. I mean, like, that's just what his body comp is. He's always going to have it. But last year, it was, like, very noticeable. In college, it was, like, that's the reason he was the 56th pick is because he had such a hitch in his game. He's toned it down a lot and is way more fluid. And I think definitely the, the dropping of weight was really important for him. I just kind of worry about what he is as a groundbound athlete. I don't think he's going to be skying for rebounds. So what he's going to have to do is put that big old butt in boxing out. Like he's gonna have to do what Robin Lopez did with, you know, in his time he's gonna like, you know, I know Scoot's gonna be in the paint trying to get rebounds and shit. So I, I think what he's gonna have to do is just box him out and Scoot's you know have to win the the race for the ball type of thing. Because I don't I don't see him jumping out and getting those boards. But what he's done with his game, especially with improving his body composition with with the lack of the hitchiness is. It's really impressive to see. Like, I trust him with his decision making too. Like, he's not gonna fuck up. I mean, he's a he's an NBA player's son. He, his IQ is really high, and now that his body is more ready to do, you know, the things that need to be done, I think he he has definitely earned his way into real rotation minutes. And I mean, Trenton's contract was just so second fourth year were so cuttable. The fact that he has improved this much made him just so easily cuttable. I mean, that that getting those four years from Trendon was great, but the the contract just made it so his second year he it didn't hurt the team to cut him. And now we're seeing just an absolute, you know, solid, fundamentally sound player. I do want to see him shoot more, though. I definitely want to. I think the way he stays in the game is he's he's deserving of a contest. So I want yeah. him to let it fly. And then speaking of another forward uh, that the Blazers have more of an investment in, uh, spending the 23rd overall pick um, in this last draft on Chris Murray. So, you know, you don't want to have a, a log jam of young bigs. So that could have played another factor in Trenton's uh, departure. But I, for Chris Murray, I... Well, first of all, I'm not worried. I, I liked enough of what I saw. I, I think don't you think can Summer... only take the minutes with Scoot Henderson. Even even that, Sage, I just don't think Summer League is an environment where a player like Chris Murray is really ever going to thrive. Like he's oh. he's a guy who you know how you see like players in in football, like man, they're just better in the pros than they are in college. Whatever. He's just he is a structure player. You put him in a system, you tell him what to do, he's going to go and do that, right? You get him in an NBA setting with NBA players on the floor with spacing where defenders have to worry about Jeremy Grant instead of uh, Reith and Baji. Mm-hmm. And 
he's going to space the floor. He's going to hit the open shot. What I liked when I saw flashes of, he had a a nice dribble drive with the left-hand finish. Mm. I think he's going to have to do, he's going to have to do more. There's two things I need to see more of. He's going to have to do more of moving without the ball. Like we saw with Jabari uh, Walker and that play I described with Shaden Sharp and utilizing his gravity as a spot-up shooter to keep the defense honest. So they have to really keep their head locked into him and they can't just focus on the ball handler because they know he could stay at three-point line, he could reposition himself or he could cut back door. Uh, And two, and I saw this uh, a lot in the last last two games, he's been beat back door twice. Um, That's something I didn't expect because, you know, three-year college player, he does have, he on tape, he showed pretty good defensive instincts. So, and again, it could just be being sped up a little bit, but uh, he needs to work on the off-ball awareness, which a lot of rookies do. But I just think he's a player that is tailor-made to play with a point guard like like Scoot Henderson. I know there are some Blazer fans out there who are just kind of bummed we didn't take Leonard Miller or maybe another player with higher upside. But this is now, you're, you found your building blocks with, with, Hender, with uh, Henderson and Sharp. Now you need to construct the roster that complements one another. That's something that Neil O'Shea failed to do time and time again. Chris Murray may not be the 23rd best player from the draft when it's all said and done or the the player with the most upside, but he fits. He spaces the floor. He gives you an outlet. Like if that's if Scoot Henderson is doing that where he's dribbling into traffic, drawing four defenders, I want Chris Murray shooting that three-point shot, not a guy like Matisse Thibel, for, for example. Or, or right? like, Watt. Yeah. yeah, you need players to play their role. Like you saw Miami Heat make a finals run because players can shoot the shit out of the basketball. Yeah. That's what I mean, the game Ma- is based Max upon. Bruce, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent just got paid because of Duncan you know. Robinson got paid previously because that's what he does. Like you have to do that. So I'm I, not going to judge Chris Murray too harshly because are I there people said, that are judging him harsh? I, I've been trying my best to stay off Twitter. Are people judging him harshly? Oh, they get people get upset over one shade and sharp bad game. Or I mean, it's 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 dumb. Yeah, the first game's like, oh, Chris Murray didn't hit a shot. It's like you just gotta. I do like that he's got a quicker release than I yeah. thought. Like he's like Steph Curry doesn't hit sixty percent of his shots. Yeah, he's he's not taking his time to load up or questioning himself. Like there is a, he's letting it fly. There is a fast, like, okay, you got to come out and guard him because he's just letting it go. So I really liked that. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be a threat on a closeout to really put the ball on the floor and finish. I think he can make a pass. I think he can make a pass, but dribble. I would like to see him do up fake. Just take one to two dribbles into an elbow and hit the jump shot or, or make a simple pass. But like, I don't think he's going to be a player that's going to finish at the rim. Like that's just never really going to be his game. But again, as long as you're, he needs as long as the defense Sage, as long as the defense has to worry about you every time down the floor, you're doing your job. So I, so the reason I don't really care about what he's doing outside of the minutes that he played with Scoot was he's going to need the ball. He's going to need to be spoon fed open shots. And when you got a guy that just isn't that, he's of course he's going to look worse. He's not being utilized where what he's going to be good at is getting catch and shoot opportunities off of somebody's, you know, a gravity and paint touches. Devro isn't trying to get to the paint to pass. He's trying to get to the paint to shoot. So in every minute, it's just like not what Chris Murray's good at. But when he was when Scoot was there to utilize his shooting ability and, you know, him making, you know, fast breaks, dunks and stuff. Yeah, of course he's not going to look good. It's just like he this is just not the the team with the skill set around him to make him look like a apps like the pro that he is. And yeah, so when I see like a not a, a combo guard not setting up the wing shooters like, oh, Okay, it's it's on the combo guard not setting up the player, and Chris Murray is taking shots that he will never take in a professional game. Never, never, never. He's not trying to take a, a step back three that's contested. That's just not his game. But because of the fact that he doesn't have a point guard and Shane Sharp isn't good enough to hit the wing shooter at playmaking yet, he has to take shitty shots. So, yeah, he's gonna miss them. 
but when he's wide open because of uh, Scoot's penetrating, he's gonna hit them shots. So I'm not I'm not worried at all, and I I really do think that he's a good defender. I see him communicating more than anybody else defensively. I see him pointing. I know Tara loves it when dudes point. I see him telling them like back cut, all that other stuff. So I I mean once once actual NBA players are surrounding him, he's gonna fit like a glove. And Leonard Miller absolutely has a higher ceiling, or Bryce Sensible has a higher ceiling. They also have a really scary floor. Chris Murray's floor is pretty. I can deal with that. So, and we got Ryan Rupert to be this the the superstar upside player. So we had to get a safe player at twenty three since we took a risk at twenty uh, or at whatever pick we had in in the draft forty three forty three. So it's just like, all right, we we took the safety, we got the good tight end. Now let's get the fucking law the the the, the potential X factor receiver. And if he fails, he fails because it's the forty third pick. I really, I liked what I saw from Rupert. It wasn't anything surprising or not surprising. He is who he is right now. He's he's a project. It's it's a great thing. Portland has their own G League pipeline that he that he can really play in. I I don't know if he's going to get much run. Maybe at the end of the season, if if the playoffs are completely out of the the picture and maybe Matisse has been traded or whatnot, and you're trying to develop players, but. He's going to spend the majority of his first two years with with the um really? with the, with the, with Portland with the remix, the, yeah. the Rip City remix. Like, I'm not expecting him to be able to put the ball on the floor to really shoot right now. Like, those are things that he needs to work on. But what I love and the reason Portland drafted him, and you saw this in the game against Orlando, he has hounding ability to pressure a, a, a ball handler 94 feet. He's got arms for days. He's got great instincts. Uh, on the defensive end of the floor, making plays like that's where he is going to be a benefit for this roster. Again, you don't need him to be an all-world uh, small forward. Like we're talking about roster construction, you need a guy on the perimeter that you can say go and defend the the, the other the other team's best offensive player. Do you Make think he life- has the uh, player comp of Matisse Thybul? Hard to say. I think he's much more athletic than Thibel could ever dream to be. He's too but, young for me. To, he's on stage, honestly. Like I, I know people like to throw out the Nicholas Batum comparison because they're no. both young and French. I, I don't think you can compare him to anyone right now because there's just so much more molding that has to be done. Like defensively, he's he's long and he can really stick to somebody on ball. He's going to grow into the off ball. Offensively, there, there's just there's not enough to go by right now. Like. I want to see him after two years in the G League, and then I can say, "Oh, he reminds me of this." I just I think there's so much. Batum was a natural playmaker, like he had. Yeah, and I, I don't with see the ball that. I don't see yeah. that from Repair. Now, if no. he gets there, great. But I, I don't see him as a, as a ball handler, as a playmaker. I. But again, maybe he could be more than just a spot up shooter, which would make him a little bit different than than Matisse. I think he's longer than Matisse. Uh, definitely longer, more athletic, um, maybe more disruptive. There's just I, I don't know if I would put a comparison. I think he's he's too raw. Like he would needs you put to be, it, if he's fully optimized, he's in the Bruce Brown role, right? Just being a menace defensively, offensively. Just I mean, like Gary Payton the second was signed by us with a the full MLE for a reason. They see that as a as a need, need. for this for this team. So it's just like okay. I if Ryan repair, I just don't see the Batum thing. But like, if he can just be worthy of a closeout, defensive, uh, offensively, there's so much he can become because of the just the the sort of threat that he can be. So I, I like what he did defensively. Offensively, I think that he's gonna have to be a transition guy for for the first however many years he's on on the Blazers. He's just gonna be like the a transition gadget guy. Before we wrap this up, any players outside of the blazer realm who um, you want to talk about who you liked, who you disliked more. We know we did a lot of uh, evals leading up to this draft class. Um, Want to get your thoughts before we uh, send this one home. Hmm. I mean, uh, it, watching Tari Eason makes me realize that he's a really good future blazer. 
I don't. Though, did you see the well, play? Obviously, that... we we, we t- you know obviously like Tari was last year's class. But yes, I agree. If we get a multiple first round picks from a Dame trade, I'm sending one to Houston with matching salary, and we're getting Tari Eason out of Houston. They just signed Dylan Brooks. They just drafted Cam Whitmore. Free Tari Eason. He is the perfect small forward next to Scoot and Shaden. Like, did you see the, the Jarrett Walker dunk? Where I didn't. So I, he got yeah, fouled. Yeah, 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 I saw, I saw. Yeah, he yeah, I fouled, saw. Got, <laughs> shot one free throw, missed the second one, dunked it. Actually, I think the person, the rookie that has impressed me the most is is Jairus Walker with how well he defends. Like, he's just genius level basketball because he can legitimately shut down a half of the court defensively. And now that he's lost weight and is more mobile, Indiana got a really good one. <clears throat> yeah, Jairus is definitely on my list. Um, the Thompson twins are fabulous. Um, I, I think for Asar, he really shined once Jaden Ivey went to the bench and uh, sat out some games and he was able to play make. I only caught the tail end, but he had a play where he was on ball. The player on the Raptors tried to throw an entry pass. He jumps, snags it, takes it the distance for, for a layup. Like He, he looks phenomenal. Uh, Amen Thompson. Um, is the one who has impressed me the most non-blazer. He has every bit the 6'7", every bit the freak athlete, great body control. Did you notice that he only went left against us because he just wanted to? And then he can go left and right. Like, he did not utilize the right side. He hit hit the open three. Like, if if he's hitting his open three, you're you're fucked as a defense. Like, this guy is going to be a problem. Um, and I'm happy for them uh, because, you know, we both talked about OTE, uh, tough to evaluate, wish they maybe would have went to a different route, but it really shows competition level doesn't necessarily matter or translate to how a player looks in the professional ranks because these kids are every every bit as described and they I'll be rooting for them. I, I like them both in, in the draft process, so I was really excited to see them. Um, Who is the best college player besides Brandon Miller? Like. Zach Eady? Jordan Jordan Hawkins. Prospect? No, college player. Like Zach uh, Eady was might have been the best. Maybe Zach Eady, Andre Jackson, Jordan Hawkins from Connecticut. I mean, it's hard to deny any of the Connecticut guys because I mean they clearly won the natty. So but yeah, like who oh shit. Who's the Gonzaga guy? Uh Drew Timmy. Strong. Drew Timmy. Oscar Sheeway from Kentucky. Like Eady and 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 uh Whatever his name is, we're probably one two of the best college basketball players. But you know what? They're gonna top out as at very, 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 very best gadget big men. So dominating in one specific level doesn't automatically mean they're gonna dominate another level. Just because they were good in college doesn't mean they're gonna be good in the the pros. So you gotta take everything in context of okay, this dude does special things, even though he is in a lesser division. Like you know. We we saw Purdue lose in the first round because they were able to handle Edie, and then the rest of the team just was god awful. So even at the best competition, when you're the f- number one seed in your uh, your conference, it's like you know what, in, in high level comp, you might not be the best. So yeah, I, I, I'm happy for the G League Ignite and the. OTE guys for succeeding when you know there's college guys that fucking suck. I know it's only summer league, but looking back at your big board and how you evaluated the prospects, anybody that hasn't lived up to your expectations, uh, th- I think it's a little too early to to really. But that's what we do. We're ta- we we already are putting the caveat that it is only summer league. But from what we've seen, anybody like you're you're a little worried if you're a fan of this team the the worry meters it's ten it's 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 a it's a moving because I'll, I'll tell you right now I I'd be a little terrified if I was a Charlotte or, Hornets fan oh I thought you were gonna say Orlando um Orlando too but I won't I won't I, I like one prospect better than the other but we we we'll get to that in a second Brent, I, Brandon I, I I think that I know he's done well I'm kind of worried about Cam because. Cam yeah, they're disrespectful on how bad. Like, if I know Houston's going to play, watch how they defend him in half court. Transition wise, I am not worried at all about Cam Whitmore. 
I am worried about half court basketball. But that was also He's, a pretty low risk pick, right? So they already got now. If they took him at four, I think I would be on board with you. But they got him at twenty. I think that's just like a. But he's like I mean, he's got, gonna like, impede on on Tari and Jabari. Like I think that he's going to have major issues as games go slow. So I've watched the Rockets the most out of any team, really. So I watch him and I'm like, yeah, he's doing well in transition. Yeah, he's doing well in transition, but. God damn, they're so far away from the him. tunnel vision. Well, dude, what, you're, I'm sure you're going to watch another Houston game. Watch how they defend him. It's it's worse than uh, opposing teams defended Kent Bazemore when he was on the Blazers. Like, legitimately. Like, I don't think teams really respect him. And I, I, I'm, I'm worried about injuries and I'm worrying about his potential uh, fit in the uh, actual NBA. Yeah. I would say Brandon Miller is top of my list. I've wa- I watched like four full games of this dude because clearly it was the debate. Are you getting Miller? Or are you getting Scoot? Um, so there's a vested interest there in seeing how he performs. There's a lot that I am gravely <laughs> concerned about. Um, he One, he needs to get physically stronger. When yeah. he shoots the ball, <laughs> when he shoots the ball outside of a catch and shoot, like if he's dribbling maybe a step or two beyond the three-point line, or he does not generate any momentum or force or energy from his from his uh, lower half. Everything is coming from his arms and shoulders, and that's why you're seeing so many of his shots hit the front of the rim. Uh, defensively, he is upright like like a. Bro, a I've told you all this. We we do this though. <laughs> I, I know, but when you see it on an NBA scale, like college is just different. Like it doesn't get exposed as much, right? But when you see like guys are just like blowing by him, I get he had twenty six points against Portland. He caught an alley oop. He dr- dunked down the lane. Yes, he's six nine. He's going to be able to catch an alley oop, but athletically, he has no burst. Jabari mm-hmm. Walker was doing a good job of walling him up. Yeah. No yeah. disrespect to Jabari Walker because we did He's just hype him up. or five. Yeah. But if you cannot get by Jabari Walker, you sure as shit aren't getting by Giannis, yep. Kawhi, KD, LeBron. He ain't getting past Smart, Josh anybody. Green, bro. He's not getting past role players. I, I If you can't score the... Sage without... I just I worry that he can't he can't get to his spots. He's not going to be able to be able to create for himself. I do agree he's going to look better next to Lamelo Ball, but drafting him too with a men and Scoot right behind him, it's going to look bad because he is kind of like what we're talking about, Chris Murray. He's almost going to need to be spoon fed some of these opportunities. Well, I I mean the the fact that he can't score inside at all, like. He's missing wide like prime Russ when he just threw shit up at the hoop and it bricked an air ball. Like, so he doesn't, he, he needs to get stronger. He needs to get more crafty. He needs to, I mean, he took so many God awful shots too, but like, there's just a lot of what he needs to do physically and with his body and craft. And I think what Charlotte's going to need to do is look at Jason Tatum tape from like when he was a young, young, young player, when he wasn't that he wasn't as great as he is now. Like he needs, they need to get someone like Daniel Theis just to set uh, screens for him. So he can get an open lane to the hoop to even attempt to score. Because if he doesn't, I was going to say Chris Middleton tape as well. Like Middleton is a fringe all-star and he looks great again with, with Giannis, but you're never you wouldn't draft Chris Middleton to overall. But, but why he, I say the Celtics is because they knew that uh Jason Tatum couldn't score in the paint. So they created plays in order to get him a running start at the hoop where he can he won't get hit by an NBA body at all. So that's why I say the Celtics. Middleton, at least in all of the times I can think of him, he can at least generate you know, enough force going down to score. I was thinking Middleton more in terms of his mid-range game and how he gets to his spots. At the end of the day, Brandon Brandon Miller still has a decent handle in terms of he can dribble the ball. Like he can get to his his spots. He just needs to get crafty like Chris 
utilize the back of the basket, just maybe a little shoulder dip and, and get that, get that, you know, 15 foot shot because Middleton's not blown by anybody either. So I, I think, I don't think he's a bust. I don't think he's Josh Jackson level, but I think they might have drafted Chris Middleton when Chris Paul and Penny Hardaway were on the board and nobody would ever make that selection. Yeah. I mean, Charlotte's just stupid, but I, it, it, it was, it was weaknesses. I saw like he shot 30% from the fucking paint. That's not going to get better going again. No, like, I, I, I agree, but we both had him top five on our big boards. I didn't. Your last big board. He was five. No, he wasn't. He's five or six. No. Cause yes. it was, it was the on, twins. The, on the last big, board. it was the Let's twins. Go, and you moved him up a bit. Twins you and Jerry. So he's six. Okay. Still, you had him six. Yeah. So I mean, still, but he's still like all of those problems that I have with him still aren't fixed and are even more exposed. I, I still think he has a lot of flaws. And I know you want to talk about uh, the Orlando. I like Jet Howard. I think that was uh he's a very a confident pick. shooter. I think he's got better dribble skills than Grady Dick. Um, <laughs> poor yeah. Grady Dick. I mean, just got absolutely cookies at the end of that game. And, uh, basically gave it up to to Detroit. I think Marcus Sasser uh, snatched it from him. Um, and then Grady did you Dick see missed. the oop that Sasser did to a man? Yes, oh, no, to a Sar. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, I did the reverse. That was that was nasty. Do you um, think Marcus Sasser is gonna be a? Rotation? I don't know. I have I have not seen enough Marcus Sasser. I literally saw the alley oop to a Sar, and yeah. and I watched the the steal live. Um, don't know why Toronto drafted Grady Dick. I think that was a a weird selection then, and it's an even. Weirder selection now. I know he had like 30 in his first performance, but he's to me right now, he's just like a flamethrower, but can't really do much else. I need to see more from him. Like, but to Orlando, I like the Jet Howard because he showed a little playmaking. He's a bigger body. He had a nice little dribble into a step back. Um, not against the Knicks. It was the the game prior to Portland because they played it back to back. Yeah, the so did against you think the Knicks, his last he, attempt where he was just the most confident step back in the world that Anthony black cut the tip in, in like that, that confidence. He's the son of an NBA <laughs> legend. Of course he's got confidence. Yeah. Fab five royalty. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anthony black. I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think he's a point guard though. Can you say that he's a playmaker? Maybe a secondary, like, I know you're going to hate this. I, I watched that. Full, I specifically tuned in. I'm like, I'm going to watch Anthony Black with an open mind. 14 rebounds. He can rebound the shit out of the basketball. He reminds reminds me of your favorite trailblazer, Josh Hart. No, no, yes. no, no, no. I won't. Yes. No, no, no. You're wrong. No. Josh Hart doesn't pass. Anthony Black was making, I did not see a single like pass. I'm like, oh, that was a sick. Like, it was just like. Dribble who the ball was, up in who are the people on the team on the floor? It doesn't, with it doesn't matter. It's summer league. You got to be able to a man and scoot. We're making it happen. Yeah, but a man has fucking Tari Eason and Cam Whitmore, and uh, he has Jet Howard. Come on, bud. I think you're Howard's being the a... 11th pick. I, all I'm saying is, I think when I saw a man take that three against Portland, I was like, oh, the shot's not as wonky as as as, as I thought it was. He's definitely been putting in the work. Anthony Black just straight up refuses to shoot the basketball. And that's mm-hmm. where I, I lean towards Josh Hart because he straight up refused to shoot. There's some severe mechanical issues. Oh, yeah. Like he has to like wind up and like, and it's, it just, if misses. you said Lonzo ball, we would not be talking anymore. I just think Josh, I just think Josh Hart doesn't have the chops passing that he, uh, that AB does. I say I think I think he's closer to Josh Hart than Lonzo because I think Lonzo at least had vision, great vision. I, I uh, like, okay. <laughs> Lonzo had great vision coming out of UCLA. Yeah, so does so does AB. We, I I don't see it. I do not see it. I think year, I think they next messed year we'll up. talk about it. Next year we'll talk about it because we're talking about. It's fun though, re- Sage. It's the dog days of summer. This is what I live for. <laughs> I get up at three a.m. every morning to feed that baby. I got to think about something. So let me let me live. Anthony Black, I believe in you. Nick Smith, I believe in you. 
Arkansas prospects in general, I believe in you. The Jalen Williams from last year, that's the only one that matters. I thought you liked Jordan. Jordan Walsh, you're right. Jay, I mm. like the role players at Arkansas. Jordan Walsh and Jalen Williams. <laughs> oh, man. You know I All still right. love Daniel I, Gafford. Um, so Let's... Forgot he went there. You're right. Uh, let's wrap this bad boy up. We're hitting about an hour into this episode. But what it's about been Al good- Jefferson? You didn't like his old? No, I'm sorry. Al Jefferson is straight out of high school. <laughs> Fuck, he was. There's, damn it. Boom. I just remember. <laughs> I just remember hearing him talk, and I assumed. Sorry. All right, let's wrap this one up, Sage. Let our listeners know where they can find us. And as always, any. I don't know when our next episode will be. We've got some vacation. We've got some life to take care of. Maybe when there's more substantial news to report on the Damian Lillard drama that is. But And we're going to do a throwback Thursday in August as well. We'll do some TBTs in August. But uh, for now, this might be uh, some little holy backboard to uh, keep you tight and hold you content uh, yeah. until the end of summer. Absolutely. So we are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Himalaya Podcast, Google Play, Everywhere where you get your podcast, we are there. We are also available on YouTube, full episodes, so you can see us. And then we absolutely have uh, clips for you if you uh, like seeing short, short, uh, shortened content from our large podcast. So thank you all for listening. We are out of here, Bruce. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night, everybody. Let's go.